You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome once again to the Packernet Podcast. I am your host and resident panelist, as always, Ryan Schlipp. Check us out online, packernet.com. Find me on Twitter, pack underscore daddy. Sitting here broadcasting from the Vivid Seats studios. Use promo code overtime on the Vivid Seats mobile app to save up to $100 on all ticket purchases. First time customers only. So today is just going to be a straight up look at the Philadelphia Eagles because I think, myself included, I'm looking at this game from the standpoint of what the Eagles have been recently. And although there's a lot of truth to it, there's some differences. There's some injuries. There's some guys that are playing better. Some guys are playing worse. So we got to look at them for what they are, not what they were. So that's what we're going to be doing. Um, as you probably saw from yesterday's little mini pod, the Packernet stocks mini game thing in the Facebook group. Um, the scores have been tallied and the new sheet is up. If you want to get involved in that, get in the Facebook group or reach out to me and I'll, I'll get you involved in it. Having a lot of fun doing that. Otherwise, if you wouldn't mind leaving a five-star iTunes rating and review, if you appreciate the show, that would help me out greatly. I got nothing else, man. Let's just get into it. We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing. But they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right. A company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones. And to see what we find, learn more at uscellular.com forward slash built for us. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We get all hyped up thinking we're going to get some high-value Jordan Love card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now, introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view on all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now when I buy slab packs on Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. And honestly, the best thing for me and my son is the fact that we're kind of novices into this. When I walk into a card shop with my son, and a card says it costs $40, kind of just taking his word for it that that's a good value. So I appreciate the transparency on grading, as well as just getting excited about seeing what you could potentially get. Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash packdaddy. Wow, that's crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's 40 bucks right there. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash packdaddy for 10% off your first purchase. First of all, looking at the overview of teams through, um, through three weeks, the Philadelphia Eagles are ranked as the 16th best team, which is to say they're mediocre so far. They're currently sitting at 1-2, and two, having played the Redskins, Falcons, and Lions. That's really bad if you think about it. The only they're, they're on a two-game losing streak after beating the Washington Redskins. And let's, let's try to remember back for a moment. The Washington Redskins, all the way back to last night, just got absolutely curb-stomped by the Chicago Bears, whose quarterback I think would struggle against my five-year-old son's flag football team. So you got Trubisky, who is a 10-pound diaper in the sun, playing quarterback, absolutely obliterating the Washington Redskins, 
and that's their one win. And they won, by the way, by five points. The Washington Redskins scored 27 points against the Eagles defense, which is the one thing that I kind of was scared of prior to looking into this. Then they go up against the Atlanta Falcons. You might remember them as the team that absolutely got uh, their heads kicked in by the Minnesota Vikings. The Atlanta Falcons beat the Philadelphia Eagles by scoring 24 points, which doesn't seem like a lot until you realize the Atlanta Falcons offense is really terrible. They scored 24 points against the Eagles defense. The Eagles offense, which in my mind has good wide receivers and a good quarterback and really good tight ends and a great offensive line, Brand spanking new running backs who are relatively talented. I mean, they should be pretty good. They scored 20 points against the Atlanta Falcons offense defense, which is not a good defense. Then they go on to play the Detroit Lions. Now, I mentioned prior to the season that I think the Detroit Lions are going to be an improved team and that we shouldn't exactly count them out, who are currently number two in the division, probably still going to end up fourth. However, still probably better than people were expecting. Either way, the Detroit Lions aren't that great of a team. I mean, they've got some strengths in some places and whatnot, but meh. Just lots and lots of meh. Well, the boys in green, who are determined to go out and win themselves another Super Bowl, lost that game 24-27. So their offense has really only been somewhat impressive in week one against the Washington Redskins. But the last two weeks could only muster 20 points against the Falcons, 24 points against the Detroit Lions. That last game for the Detroit Lions, by the way, was at home for the Eagles. Their defense has allowed 27 points to the Washington Redskins, 24 points to the Falcons, and 27 points to the Lions. Their offense passing the ball is 22nd in net yards per attempt, 25th in rushing yards per attempt, averaging 6.1 yards through the air and 3.6 yards on the ground. Their passing defense is 29th in total yards given up, 25th in touchdowns given up, and 21st in net yards per attempt given up. Now, their run defense has been pretty solid. The Redskins have, uh, they rushed for 28 total yards, the Falcons 57 yards, and the Lions 86 yards. That's kind of crazy. A few other stats right now, the Philadelphia Eagles have not been great in turnovers, and as we know, the turnover battle is incredibly important. It's probably why the Packers are undefeated. They are currently leading the league with eight turnovers. The Philadelphia Eagles have three. The Philadelphia Eagles also lead the league defensively in penalties. They have 31 penalties for 215 yards. So very, very undisciplined. Um, Something else as far as PFF is concerned, they also are terrible in tackling. Not quite as bad as the Packers who are dead last. They're really bad. So this is a very undisciplined team right now. In terms of sacks, This is is, as shocking as it is because this is a team that you think of as having a great defensive front. They are second from the bottom. The Denver Broncos have zero sacks. The Philadelphia Eagles only have two. The next lowest is the Miami Dolphins with four sacks. They have half the amount of sacks as the Miami... This is the Philadelphia Eagles, man. Brandon Graham, Fletcher Cox, right? Two sacks on the season. Packers, by the way, tied for second, essentially, with the Carolina Panthers. Patriots and Jaguars have 13 sacks, the um, Packers and Panthers with 12. Now, I'm not surprised to see the passing defense struggling because they really don't have very good corners. They're seventh, which is to say they're tied for, what, one, two, three, tied for fourth in most passing touchdowns given up. The only teams that have given up more are the Giants, the Redskins, the Cardinals, and the Dolphins. So the worst team in the NFL, the Dolphins, the worst defense in the NFL, the Giants, the Cardinals, who are still trash, and the one team that they were actually able to beat are the only teams 
that have given up more passing touchdowns. Something else that's really cool, and I don't know too much about it, and I need to learn a little bit more about it, but there's the expected points metric. And I know it's kind of like all the rage now. That's what everybody wants to talk about. And it is actually a very cool uh, thing. I just I don't use it too much because I don't fully understand how it's calculated. But the bottom line is there's a, an expected points metric that looks at not just the offense right now, but the the next team to score, period. So, so the defense can technically have a higher expected points. Again, I don't exactly know how that's calculated, but essentially what we have um, is a metric right here that is expected points contributed by the passing defense. The Green Bay Packers are currently number two behind the New England Patriots. And by the way, let me, let me just say this. The number three team is the San Francisco 49ers. The expected points contributed by the passing defense, 54 points. The Green Bay Packers in second place, 87 points, and the Patriots are 90. So they're, they're right behind them, but both teams are wildly above everybody else. But the Philadelphia Eagles are sixth from the bottom at negative 84.37 points, almost the exact opposite or negative of what the Packers do positively. So based just on the secondary, at least, the expected points when the Packers have the ball is going to be in the Packers' favor. The expected points when the Eagles have the ball is going to be in the Packers' favor. I guess another way to say this is that the Green Bay Packers' secondary is making plays and the Philadelphia Eagles' secondary is not. But anyways, continuing on, looking at what PFF and their grades have to have to say about all this. Um, offensively, they do have the Eagles higher than the Packers. The uh, Philadelphia Eagles are ranked 14th, the Packers 22nd. Primarily, that comes down to their quote-unquote passing grade, in which the Eagles are third. Carson Wentz is doing very, very good, as are the wide receivers, although we haven't gotten to the injuries yet, and we will. But the Packers are ranked ninth, which actually isn't that terrible, all things considered. Still... This is their one metric in which they are really, really solid. I mean, this and basically anything the offensive line does, including pass blocking, in which they are graded fourth. Uh, but their receiving grade, they're ranked, where are they? 28th. Run grade, 27th. Run blocking grade, tied for eighth. Their defense overall is shockingly ranked 20th. The run defense, which would also be shocking even to Eagles fans, because again, they've, they've not allowed a lot of yardage. But PFF is not overly impressed with them. Um, as bad as the Packers have been, the Packers are ranked 18th in run defense. The Eagles are 19th. So statistically, the Eagles are one of the best. The Packers are, are really bad in that metric. But again, on a grade-by-grade basis, based on the players that you have and whatnot, the uh, PFF sees the Packers as being higher than the Eagles and the Eagles not being nearly as impressive. Now, doesn't mean I expect a lot of, of yards, considering the struggles of the Packers' run game. But it is something to keep in mind. As far as the teams we've played, the Bears are 5th in run defense. The Broncos are 7th in run defense. The Vikings are 13th in run defense. Meaning, theoretically, according to PFF, this is going to be the easiest run defense we've gone up against. It's actually just the easiest defense we've gone up against. The Bears are 6th, the Vikings are 8th, and the uh, Broncos are 16th. So there's that. Um, I mentioned tackling. The Philadelphia Eagles are not exactly bottom of the barrel. However, the grade is really bad. Now, a lot of teams' grades are pretty bad. I think this is something that maybe happens early in the season and then things start to get better because there's only currently um, 12 teams with an even positive grade, meaning average or better. Below average starts at 13 with the San Francisco 49ers, and that would include the Philadelphia Eagles. Pass rush, the Eagles are sitting at 17th. Denver Broncos are quite a bit worse because they haven't been able to do anything. 
Um, there are going to be some differences in terms of pass rush and what exactly that means, which we'll talk about. Uh, but I do think there's a good chance Brian Balaga finally gets a break. David Bakhtiari finally gets a break. I think a, the primary um, stress that's going to be put on this team is going to be on the interior, which isn't great because Billy Turner has struggled. Corey Lindsley has struggled. Hopefully Elton Jenkins can hold up. We'll see. Finally, looking at coverage, the uh, Philadelphia Eagles are sitting at 14th. Again, in comparison, the Broncos are 15th, so basically the same. The Bears are 13th, basically the same. The Minnesota Vikings are ranked 8th. So this is not going to be the best unit we've gone up against. Offensively right now, they've got a bunch of really solid players. Uh, Brandon Brooks, who is their guard, uh, one of their offensive linemen, has just been absolutely fantastic. He's the best player on their team right now. Uh, right behind him is Carson Wentz. Carson is having an absolutely great start to the season. After that, unfortunately for the Eagles, the other guy that has been absolutely dominant this year is Deshaun Jackson, who apparently is not expected to play. Uh, some other guys, we may as well get to it right now. Derek Barnett is probably going to play, but he is one of their edge rushers and has an ankle injury and is questionable. Uh, Corey Clement, one of their backs, has a shoulder injury and is questionable. Ronald Darby, one of their cornerbacks, who is not very good, but this is already a pretty banged up group, is out. And uh, Mr. Timmy Jernigan, defensive uh, tackle, is also out with a foot injury. This is in addition to Malik Jackson, who's already been put on IR. Um, I mentioned their offensive line, um, some statistics on how good they are. Right now, in terms of sacks given up, they've only given up two sacks on the entire season. Now, I don't know what the official statistics say, but this is to say that the Philadelphia Eagles offensive line has been credited with two sacks. It's entirely possible that they have given up sacks by way of running backs, tight ends, or even the quarterback possibly doing something himself. If he scrambles out of the pocket and gets tackled behind the line of scrimmage, the offensive line isn't going to get credit for that. They have allowed two sacks. In terms of total pressures, however, it is a little bit higher. They're a little bit more middle of the pack. They're actually tied with the Packers at 34 total pressures. The Packers have just allowed more sacks overall. But um, uh, two sacks, eight hits, and 24 hurries so far this season. Overall, the um, pass-blocking efficiency grade given by PFF ranks the Philadelphia Eagles as the ninth-best pass-blocking offensive line. The closest we've faced to that so far is the Chicago Bears, who are ranked 19th. So this is by far going to be the best offensive line that we've gone up against. They're also pretty solid at run blocking, so it's not just pass blocking. Everything about this offensive line is pretty dominant. Actually, actually interestingly enough, as I look at this, those two sacks given up, both of them were given up by Isaac Sayamalu, however you say his name. So the one weak link in the chain is going to be Mr. Sayamalu. Other than that, zero sacks given up by the rest of the offensive line. Mr. Carson Wentz offensively so far this season, 72 completions on 118 attempts, which is 61% completion percentage for 803 yards, six touchdowns, and two interceptions. He's actually been sacked a grand total of seven times. I think I saw three of those they actually blamed on Carson Wentz. He has a 91.2 NFL passer rating. And interesting couple statistics about Carson Wentz. Um... First of all, he actually is as a higher grade when under pressure than with no pressure. Now, I'm sure they're grading on a curve, so it is what it is. But so far under pressure, 18 of 33 for 315 yards, two touchdowns, two interceptions. The one area he's a lot better when he's under pressure, apparently, is yards per attempt. When there's no pressure, he's throwing the ball 5.7 yards down the field. When under pressure, 9.5 yards per attempt. 
Running the ball, unfortunately for them, you never like to see it. Their best runner, as far as grades are concerned, is Carson Wentz. Uh, The guy with the most attempts is the guy with the lowest grade by PFF. That is Mr. Miles Sanders. He's got 33 attempts for 99 yards, which is 3 yards per attempt. Jordan Howard has 25 attempts for 99 yards, which is 4 yards per attempt. Darren Sproles, 11 attempts, 51 yards, 4.6 yards per attempt. So it's almost as if the better you are, the less opportunities they're giving you. Jordan Howard, so far, of the three running backs, is the only one with a touchdown, and he just has one. So of the three running backs, they're averaging uh, 3.6 yards per carry and have one touchdown among them. Um, Of their wide receivers, again, Deshaun Jackson is top dog. Eight receptions on nine targets, 154 yards and two touchdowns, 19.3 yards per attempt. 158.3 passer rating when targeted, and he's not playing. The best part about all of this isn't just the fact that their number one wide receiver, who I would have said was Alshon Jeffrey, but so far this year has been Deshaun Jackson. It's not just that their number one wide receiver isn't playing just as a blanket statement. The biggest reason, and again, I don't want to get too much into strategy, but let's just think about it for a moment. Regardless of what Tremont does, regardless of what Kevin King does, who's been very up and down, we've got one guy that is an absolute lockdown corner. If all they have is one wide receiver, the formula becomes pretty simple. Does that make sense? Alshon Jeffrey's their top guy right now. So far this entire season, five receptions on six targets. 49 yards, one touchdown. 9.8 yards per attempt. He's got uh, four first downs, no drops, 140.3 passer rating when targeted. Now again, bear in mind, this is the best pass rush group that the Eagles will see all or have seen this year, might see all year. This is probably the best cornerback group they have seen all year. I mean, by far. It's not even really close. Outside of that, their best wide receiver is a running back, and then after that, it's Zach Ertz, their tight end, and then Nelson Aguilar. Now, Aguilar is sort of the big reception guy. The problem is, as you may have noticed on Twitter or Facebook, if you've seen that little clip of the the guy who was, you know, saving kids or whatever he did, and then rips on Nelson Aguilar for his drops, he has two drops on the season already. So, hence the reason he doesn't have a super high grade overall. But, the biggest guys in terms of receptions, number one is going to be Zach Ertz. He's already got 17 receptions on 29 targets. Well, Aguilar has more receptions, but targets is going to be Zach Ertz with uh, 190 yards total. Nelson Aguilar, 18 receptions on 27 targets and three touchdowns. So best receiver, Alshon Jeffrey. The guy who's going to get all the targets, Nelson Aguilar. So if Tremont is still on the slot, he's going to have to be on his P's and Q's. But I trust him to do that. I still respect Tremont. I still think he's a very good corner. Let's get after it. Now, as far as Zach Ertz, I don't exactly know. I don't know if that's going to be a Josh Jackson thing or what we're doing there. But they need to be accounted for because that's where they're going to want to go with the the football. And, And it's not really even so much a matter of how good they are because if we can't stop it, that's just what they're going to do all day. Nelson Aguilar, Zach Ertz. Nelson Aguilar, Zach Ertz. If we can shut down Alshon Jeffrey, that's great, but if they can just pick their way down the field with Nelson Aguilar, Zach Ertz, Nelson Aguilar, Zach Ertz, we're in a lot of trouble. So that will need to be accounted for, but again, fortunately, they don't have so many weapons that we really have to worry about a lot of other stuff. They're struggling to run the ball. They're going to struggle to get the ball to Alshon. They don't have Deshaun Jackson playing. Alshon, by the way, is also hurt. I mean, he's fine. He's going to play, but he's been dealing with injury issues. So that's that. Anyways, let's take a quick break. We'll flip it over, look at their defense, and we will uh, move along. So on defense, their top guy is going to be Brandon Graham. Brandon Graham is sort of similar to Zadarius Smith, where he's an outside-inside guy. 
So I said Brian Balaga is going to get a break. The only real reason is because he's not going to be cemented to the outside. But he's still going to have to go up against Brandon Graham. And Brandon Graham has 15 pressures on the season, which is a lot. He has zero sacks, but three hits and 12 hurries. And uh, 15 pressures is kind of a lot. Also, Fletcher Cox, again, zero sacks. But he's also got 12 pressures. So if we compare that to um, to the Packers, that's that's exactly Preston Smith and Kenny Clark. I mean, it's legitimately Preston Smith and Kenny Clark. They've got an edge rusher with 15, and they've got an interior defender with 12. Preston Smith has 15, Kenny Clark has 12. The difference is Preston Smith has four sacks and Kenny Clark has two, but still, the pressures are the same. Also, a big difference is that we have Zadarius Smith with 21 pressures, and Dean Lowry with 10, Kyler with 8. But still, that again, just to give you some perspective, that's essentially what we're dealing with with Brandon Graham and Fletcher Cox is... Preston Smith and Kenny Clark. Now, not as good, I mean, Brandon Graham is, but Fletcher Cox is not, so far this year, he has not been Kenny Clark. His, his, his run defense has been actually pretty bad. And again, as far as generating pressure, he's getting there, but he doesn't have any sacks this season. But overall, Brandon Graham, Fletcher Cox, these are the main guys. Uh, Nathan Jerry, linebacker, who's kind of subbed in and out once in a while, has also been pretty impressive. His tackling is terrible, but Pretty decent across the board, run defense, pass rush coverage, so he's got a pretty decent grade overall. But otherwise, you got Josh Sweat and uh, Vinny Curry are the only other defenders with quote-unquote good grades. Josh Sweat, though, as an edge rusher, only has two total pressures. Um, his biggest asset is that he's a solid tackler and decent against the run. That's about it. Uh, Vinny Curry is another edge rusher. He has six pressures to his name, zero sacks. Um, and again, he's more of a run defender than anything. Otherwise, just a not not a ton going on for them. Um, the only two sacks that they have came by way of Timmy Jernigan, who, as I mentioned, is not playing in this game, and Andrew Sendejo, who is a safety that is not playing full-time. He is their number three safety, playing about half the snaps of Malcolm, Malcolm Jenkins, for example. So that's it, as far as sacks. Um, if, as far as, as uh, their corners, looking at plays on the ball, interceptions, one is Mr. Nathan Jerry, which is probably part of the reason he has as good of a grade as he does, who is, again, as I said, he's only played 45 snaps, so he's a rotational linebacker. Uh, otherwise, Sidney Jones, who is a, supposedly going to be a very, very, very good corner, he's probably going to be the biggest problem we have as far as corners we're going up against. But as far as being a lockdown corner, he is not. He's probably their best corner, but he's just not very good. He does, again, have that one interception. He also has a pass breakup, but he's not a lockdown corner. The other guy with an interception is Ronald Darby, who, as I said, is not playing. They do have a ton of pass breakups as a team. Uh, Razul Douglas, who is going to be one of their corners, has three pass breakups. Ronald Darby, again not playing, has two pass breakups. Um, Avanti Maddox, Sidney Jones, uh, Nigel Bradham, Fletcher Cox, Malcolm Jenkins, all pass breakups. Looking at grades, though, in terms of coverage, only three have good grades. Zero are corners. Brandon Graham who has dropped into coverage twice, Jonathan Cyprian, who has played three snaps this season, and Nathan Jerry, that linebacker that rarely plays. That's it. Everybody else is average, below average, or bad. So with Ronald Darby out, we're probably going to be seeing Razul Douglas, and they really, really need to make sure that nobody else gets hurt because they legitimately, as far as I can tell, have three corners in this entire game. And if we go four wide receivers, I really don't know what they're going to do to cover that. They're going to have to bring a safety in. Maybe that's when you know, Jonathan Cyprian comes in or something. I don't, I don't really know. 
Andrew Sandejo. I, I don't know. I don't I don't know what they're going to do. Sidney Jones, Razul Douglas, Avanti Maddox, those are their only corners. Um, Craven LeBronc, LeBlanc, IR, Jalen Mills, Pup, Ronald Darby is out this game. That's all their corners. So the, the, one of the biggest problems, I think, in, in the broad spectrum here is that this is a team with a talented quarterback and a talented offensive line and nothing to do with them. Right? They, what, what are you going to do with that? The offensive line is protecting a talented quarterback to throw to who? Zach Ertz has not been very good. He's so far grading out as the worst tight end, or not the worst. I mean, he's it's his worst year so far of his career. But that isn't super crazy because I think he's a bigger name at this point in his career than anything else. In the last four years, he's graded out once as, quote-unquote, very good, and it was barely very good at that. In fact, he's only ever been barely very good. He's never been an elite tight end. He's had a lot of yards and all that, but yeah. Of the last four years, only once has he been in the 80s. His first three years, he was in the 80s. Since then, the last four, only once. And again, this is his worst year so far. Dallas Goddard, honestly, is probably a better talent at tight end right now. As far as wide receivers, again, they've got one decent but not great wide receiver and a bunch of nothing else. J.J. Orsega, Whiteside has been terrible. Nelson Aguilar has not been super great. Um, you know, Mac Hollins is not good. Then again, you got a great offensive line, but who's running the ball? Nobody's very good at running the ball. So you got the core pieces, but no weapons. Not completely inept, but no real super threatening weapons on this offense. Defensively, again, you, you got two guys and that's cool, but that's actually very similar to what the Packers have been for a very long time, right? Whether it's, you know, Mike Daniels and Kenny Clark, who are like the only guys, but you don't have linebackers and you don't have corners and you don't have safeties. It just doesn't work very well. I mean, you, you can be impressive and you can see, you know, you get like a sack or a bunch of hurries or whatever, but it's, it's just a frustrating defense because you expect your talented players to make plays and sometimes they do, but then you just completely give up the farm. You know, you get a real impressive three and out and then they come out and score or you get a sack and then they convert a, a third and 19 or whatever. It's just, it's very frustrating. And that's what I'm seeing in the Philadelphia Eagles defense right now because they're completely eroded. They've stacked up defense or talent along the defensive line that is slowly just washed away. They haven't been able to keep up with it. Uh, Barnett, who they drafted in the first round to continue that has not been very good. So their ability to replace, right? Uh, Josh Sweat has not been very good. They bring in Malik Jackson. He goes on IR. Michael Bennett is now a Patriot, right? It's just it's just kind of eroding, and that's sort of the, the core of what they've been doing. And so this is one of those things, and it happens to a lot of teams. It's hard to get to that point because if you just look at how many players a team has, how do you keep ahead of that attrition rate? I mean, you're losing a bunch of guys every year. How do you bring in not only as many guys as you lose but replace the talent? I mean, imagine a team that has basically five elite offensive linemen, six great defensive linemen, you know, good safeties, good wide receivers, good tight ends. And then you have some guys leave. You have some guys start to fall off. You got some guys getting injured. You just, you, it's really hard to keep that up. It's not hard to maintain it when you got four good players, but when you've got 14 good players, you're going to start to see teams decline at a, a more rapid rate than they are going to replace. And when you've got a team like the Eagles that have basically done nothing to replace anybody, I mean, the guys they have that are dominant are the same guys they had two years ago. Brandon Graham, Fletcher Cox, Jason Kelsey, Carson Wentz, Lane Johnson, you know, the, I mean, it's the same guys. So again, as I said in the beginning, don't judge this team based on the Eagles of 2018 or 2017. Judge them based on 2019. In 2019, they're struggling. 
I'm not saying they're bad. Carson Wentz is one of the better quarterbacks in the NFL. This is one of the better offensive lines in the NFL. Nelson Aguilar is capable. Ertz is capable. They're good enough to win a football game. But there's no question in my mind the Green Bay Packers are a good enough team to beat this team. We have a defense that can absolutely shut down this offense. We have an offense that can absolutely obliterate this defense. It's just a matter of not giving this one up. If we lose, it's because we, we quit. Because the Packers are a better team, and that's not even really debatable. I just explained the team to you in a nutshell. They don't have pass rushers. They don't have linebackers. They don't have corners. They don't have safeties. They don't have wide receivers. They have a terrible left guard. They've got mediocre line, uh, tight ends, and they don't have very good running backs. We should be able to beat this team. Anyways, I'm going to leave it at that. A rough overview of the Philadelphia Eagles. You folks have yourselves a fantastic Wednesday. I'll talk to you tomorrow prior to the game. Have a good one. Bye-bye.